rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore Travel PT at ariusmedical.com. A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. NPTE StudyCast. Welcome to NPTE StudyCast. I'm Jimmy McKay. Joining us is Ellen Hillegas. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, you've got a uh, long distinguished career in a specific area of physical therapy. Just tell the audience briefly what that is. My specialty is cardiovascular and pulmonary physical therapy. So that's exciting for the uh, audience, mainly of students studying for the test, because that's a big part of the NPTE. What are we going to look at today? A group of topics that all fit together. Angina, atherosclerosis, coronary artery disease, myocardial infarction, and then throw in a little bit of peripheral arterial disease. And those things come together. How would you describe it briefly in terms of their relationship? The overriding thing is atherosclerosis which is a disease of the arteries, of the whole body. So you can have atherosclerosis of the carotid artery. You can have atherosclerosis of the coronary arteries. You can have atherosclerosis of the peripheral arterial arteries. You can have atherosclerosis of the renal arteries. All arteries are prone to atherosclerosis. And then what is it, really briefly, you know, go into atherosclerosis, just as a reminder. It's actually a buildup of plaque, which includes LDL cholesterol and some blood cells, clots, etc. that build up on the artery wall. So it's prone to any artery, but some people tend to have it build up more in one area first. They may end up with coronary artery disease first, but they may still have buildup of this plaque on the carotids and on the femoral. It just may present in one place first. And incomplete blockage, it can cause some issues. Well, the blockage itself can start as early as in your teens, but it progresses. When it progresses to a critical lesion, particularly around 70% of the artery is blocked, then we start to see some ischemic responses happen, not at rest but we tend to see it with activity. So maybe going up a flight of stairs may make a person symptomatic. So when they get this symptomatic, that's really what we call angina, the symptoms of ischemia. So ischemia in the carotid artery, we would see symptoms like a TIA, a transient ischemic attack. They would see some ischemic responses, and it wouldn't be called angina, but it would be called a TIA if it's in the carotid partial blockage in the femoral or iliac, you may actually feel during walking, you might feel this intermittent claudication, this cramping, inability to go any further. Okay. And then that's a partial blockage. A complete blockage, we get even worse. But a complete blockage in the coronary arteries particularly, we call that the myocardial infarction. That actually when you have injury done to the cardiac muscle, when you have complete blockage. And then complete blockage to the brain, we call that a cerebrovascular accident where they have brain injury. All right. So that's a pretty good look at how all those pieces come together. You mentioned some things that are involved in terms of the cardiovascular system, the arteries, the heart. Let's talk about risk factors. What are some things that are going to go into it? Because that's important for PT students to have in their head as they're reading through a question. So when people say, how do you get this atherosclerosis or how do you get coronary disease? It's actually the etiology is actually the risk factors. And the top three are hypertension, a diet elevated in saturated fat or an elevated cholesterol, including an elevated LDL, low density lipoprotein cholesterol, and smoking. 
these are the same risk factors for carotid artery disease. Although hypertension is primarily number one for carotid artery disease. Then we add in there a family history of coronary artery disease. So a mother, father who had angina, bypass surgery, angioplasty, MI under the age of 60. And then also individuals who have diabetes, whether it's adult onset or juvenile onset. And of course, inactivity. As you mentioned earlier, it can occur in any artery. We do want to reiterate that. Yes, it can happen in any artery. So we may see a person have a myocardial infarction first, but then maybe a couple of years later, they may develop PIA symptoms, not having changed any of their risk factors, and they may end up with a stroke later on. Okay, and then downstream, bringing in the femoral and the iliac, you tend to have some issues peripherally as well. Yes, so one of the things we tend to see is uh, wounds that don't heal very well. So besides intermittent claudication as a symptom, we might have individuals who have poor wounds, very, very distally, heel, foot, ankle, and that's often because of peripheral atherosclerosis, either femoral or iliac. And one of the things we can do as physical therapists is we can do an ankle brachial index to evaluate blood flow for people who have wounds that don't heal very well or who have this intermittent claudication. And then treatment of this blockage in the lower extremity could actually improve the wound healing. And those are definitely things that can pop up on tests. In terms of uh, proving it and disproving it, what are some things that can be done to figure out what's going on by a PT or by other members of the healthcare team? Well, one thing PTs do very well is assessment. And so assessment of the symptoms is very important. Now, angina is going to occur in the chest, in the neck, shoulder area, cervical area, can also occur down the arm, left arm or right arm, can come on like a epigastric and feel like a stomach indigestion. But it comes on with exertion. So with some kind of activity, walking up a flight of stairs, exercising faster, etc., and stopping the activity, usually the angina will go away. If it's musculoskeletal, And it may come on with activity with an extremity or with the chest wall, but palpation will aggravate that symptom, and then that is not angina. Also, if you take a deep breath and the pain or discomfort gets worse, that also is not angina. So angina only occurs with activity and goes away with rest, and that's the classic symptom. And also, if you want to confirm if it's angina, then the referral should be made for an exercise stress test. We should not be doing that if we feel this is angina. A physician can do an exercise stress test, and that will rule out or rule in angina. If the angina persists and it gets worse and worse coming on with earlier and earlier activity and even wakes the person up at night, then that could be signs of an impending heart attack, which we call myocardial infarction. So that's why we really emphasize to listen to the symptoms. And if they're also progressing and occurring at rest, that's not a good sign. A myocardial infarction will happen if that blockage becomes 100%. That point, if we suspect a myocardial infarction, whether a patient has come in and told us that they've had this long pain and that started with exertion and now it's happening all the time, then we might send them to the ER because in the ER they can go and do an ECG and look for changes on the electrocardiogram. They can also draw blood and they can look for enzymes which rise with actual injury 
and then the symptoms. So two out of those three, symptoms, ECG changes, and enzyme changes, diagnose a myocardial infarction. If the ECG is negative and the enzymes are negative, then they haven't had the infarction, but they may be still at risk. So they may need to go back and have an exercise stress test. All these things should be blinking red lights for students who are jotting some notes down. If you can rule something in and rule something out by ways that Ellen is mentioning, that's a great way for someone to write a test question. So definitely star what she just said. Uh, moving on to differential diagnosis. Sometimes things look similar, but they're different. What are some things that might come into play that might mimic some of these things? One is esophageal reflux or epigastric pain, nausea, whatever. So you had a greasy burger and then your stomach hurts and you feel this burning in your chest and it could mimic cardiac pain. Way to go back and differential the diagnosis to go back to the risk factors. Do they have those major risk factors? If they have those major risk factors and this indigestion is not going away with rest or with Maalox, send them off to the doctor or the ER. Just wall discomfort can also mimic. So let's say you did a lot of weightlifting. You really worked on your chest muscles and they really hurt the next day. One of the things that if it's musculoskeletal or costochondritis, palpation would actually aggravate that. So palpation and it getting worse tells you that's not cardiac. Cardiac should not increase with palpation. All right. And then another way that they can formulate a question on the NPTE is Putting it in terms of setting or treatment examples, what are some things that physical therapists can do to help individuals with CAD? Major league is we can't do anything when they're having the heart attack. We can't do anything if they're at risk for having a heart attack and need some kind of intervention. But we can do prevention. We should be looking at our patient's lifestyle. We should be looking at these risk factors, assessing everyone's risk factors, and add some education and exercise to decrease their risk for this cardiac event. Aerobic exercise program. Also talking to them briefly about dietary changes, stress, about diabetes, about hypertension, about quitting smoking. Those kind of things will help decrease their risk and improve their longevity. And all of those things can easily be turned into an NPTE question. Ellen, any parting words of wisdom in terms of preparing students for the, uh, the exam, specifically in the cardiopulmonary section? If I were to be studying for the NPTE, I would try and put cases together to try and think about these things. So think about a case of a patient who really has esophageal issues versus a patient who has cardiac issues and compare and contrast when you're studying that way rather than trying to memorize what is ischemia etc. Ellen, appreciate your insight taking a look into CAD, atherosclerosis, angina, really the mix of the cardiopulmonary section here on NPTE StudyCast. NPTE StudyCast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast. Download free study guides now at ariusmedical.com slash NPTE StudyCast. A-U-R-E-U-S medical.com slash NPTE StudyCast. Rewarding careers, experiences of a lifetime. Explore travel PT at ariusmedical.com.